There is absolutely no doubting how good the Australian sheep industry is at the moment, with seasons, commodity prices and their outlook all aligning for what is a great future. But how do we help retain this strong footing and put our best foot forward to the world's governments, retailers and of course ultimately consumers? Welcome to The Yarn, the number one wool industry podcast. I'm Marius Cumming. So the time was right for peak industry bodies, Wool Producers Australia and Sheep Producers Australia to join forces and initiate the Sheep Sustainability Framework with support from their research development bodies, Meat and Livestock Australia and Australian Wool Innovation. This world first framework helps position the combined sheep and wool industries when telling the story of how Australian sheep producers lead the world in how they care for their animals, their environment and their communities. It's an essential move, according to the Australian Sheep Sustainability Framework Steering Committee Chairman, Professor Bruce Allworth, who is not only a vet, a veterinary science lecturer and academic at Charles Sturt University, but a sheep and wool producer himself from Holbrook in southern New South Wales. In this day and age, uh, we've, we've got a high demand from um, consumers and customers uh, to have our story around sustainability with these products. And we can't get these premium products and maintain them without having uh, good links with our story and our sustainability. And I think most people in the sheep industry are very proud of what we do in it. And what the framework is aimed at doing is allowing us to uh, tell that story. Um, but equally, and there is always a risk with this, is the framework is aimed at telling the full story and there may be areas that we can improve. So it will identify opportunities uh, for improvement as well as hopefully allow us to um, get our very good story about sustainability um, across uh, both within the industry, but more importantly, um, further afield. And particularly with wool, a, 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 the vast majority of our wool goes overseas um, and there's not a strong understanding of how the sheep industry in Australia operates and how it's different to other industries. So the framework provides um, that background to the industry as well as identifying specific sustainable uh, practices and reporting on them. So this term sustainability is is one that we're all familiar with, but is uh, is a very generic term and, and can yeah. uh, can be confusing. So what is your definition of sustainability? Yeah, yeah that, that's a great point, Marius. And look, it's a very broad definition. And we're actually talking about sustainable sheep production, not sustainability itself. Most people would associate sustainability with just the environment. Uh, but when you're working with animals, and in terms of premium products, ethical production or, or how we care for our animals is really important. So in actual fact, within the framework, we're looking at how we care for our sheep, how we care for our environment and how we look after the people that work in the industry and, and how we interact with our customers and our community. And we're doing that all in looking at, at in a financially resilient manner. Um, we can't ignore the fact that we need to be making money in this industry to allow these sustainability initiatives. So we've got these four pillars within the framework um, and that's really the, the, the crux behind it. We've got a specific definition which I can um, run you through um, in, our, um, in our framework. Our definition of sustainable sheep production is producing sheep, meat and wool by current and future generations 
in an ethical and environmentally, socially and financially responsible manner. Now that's quite a mouthful, but, but basically that touches on those four pillars uh, and it is a very broad definition. And what's important is that we're talking about what we're doing now and what we're going to do in the future. Yes, that makes good sense and a good definition. Thank you. I think, um, I mean, you're a farmer, I'm a farmer, and I think you, you speak to pretty much every farmer, um, no matter what they produce, one of the, the key values they have is to, uh, is basically to leave their property and hopefully leave their family as well in a better state than they found it. And I suppose that um, yeah. it's almost one step above sustainability, isn't it? They're wanting to improve things. Yes, and, and I think that's why I was so excited to get involved with this uh, framework because uh, as a producer, or as you say, all the producers I speak to are very proud of the fact that we're custodians of our land. We don't see it as something that we just come in and use and, and leave. We want to put it into a better position for either our, our um, those following us or those that are going to purchase it if we're not staying in the industry. Um, and I see that as, as something that's just a given um, the way I've been brought up. Uh, but it's amazing how many people don't understand that that's how producers think and equally with the way we treat our animals. Unless, I mean, they're the, the lifeblood of our, our, uh, um, our profits, they're the lifeblood of what we do. If we don't look after our animals, um, we're just hurting ourselves as well. So, so clearly we have a very strong interest in both looking after our animals and our environment. And I think that's what the, the industry, uh, the framework can showcase. Right. So, so putting something like this together takes a lot of time, a lot of discussion, a lot of to and fro. Um, how has it been formed, Bruce? Yeah, so that, that's a really good point. Well, initially what happened is um, sheep producers and wool producers uh, got um, MLA involved and AWI and they initiated an independent what's called materiality review which is just a big way of saying uh, identify what issues are important for the industry and for its stakeholders and from that materiality review we, we uh, put together a draft and from that uh, draft we then went to a very extensive consultation over the last 12 months. Uh, initially, we consulted within the industry on a one-to-one -one basis with all the, the um, key industry organisations, uh, but then we opened it up over the next six to eight months to everyone to um, uh, have an input. And what's been really exciting about the framework is the level of engagement that we've had in those consultations. Uh, ironically, it was um, we expected the opposite because it happened uh, virtually as COVID hit. We started in February uh, last year, 2020, uh, and we've developed this during COVID. And in fact, most of our meetings after March had to be uh, via Zoom um, or similar. Uh, but the level of engagement and the response we've had has been really enthusiastic. And I think that goes back to your important your point before about how good the industry at the moment is and that's just um, giving people enthusiasm to participate in something like this so it's all been overseen by a steering group there's been nine people on the the steering group that i've been involved with um, and that's also been a very positive thing that they've come from different areas and different perspectives but we've been able to get a document together and i guess the real challenge has been We've had to deal with both wool and sheep meat, and in some cases they have different perspectives, but what's been really pleasing is everyone working together to say, look, in the end, we're all sheep producers um, and we need a single framework. 
So looking into the role and the significance of the framework, Bruce, I mean, I think the cynic could, the cynic could say, oh, right, well, this is uh, something that will sit on a shelf and uh, gather dust. Yeah. And then um, the super cynic would say, oh, no, this is going to drive more regulation and more red tape and uh, make farming yeah. harder. So well, what do you say to those? Yeah, look, look, that's they're, they're both very valid points. And I guess my biggest fear is that it just sits on, the, on a shelf. Um, the, the framework has been developed as a living document. Uh, we're launching it this week, and that's not the end of the framework. In fact, that's the beginning of the framework. We're, we're at its very beginning. The framework in itself is simply a reporting mechanism. So what we've done in the framework is we've identified um, 60 different data points that we're going to report across those four themes. Um, and we will track that progress over time to show uh, the industry and those outside the industry how we're tracking against those 60 data points. So it's, it's really just a beginning and it's a living document and we're expecting it will change over time and there will be other issues that come up that we'll need to report and some things mightn't be as important. Uh, but it, it's something that, that um, we'll be reporting. It won't be policy setting. And I think that's really important. Of course, you'd be naive to think that if you produce good and robust data that won't influence policy, and I'd hope it would, but policy will be set by the policy, um, those organisations that set policy for the industry. This will enable discussion and potentially identify areas where improvement can be made, but more importantly, identify areas that we're already performing well in. And I think that's the really exciting thing in the sheep industry. In terms of sustainability, both lamb and wool come up very, very well. So that's that's something that's really positive. Yes, we do have a great story to tell. And um, increasingly, uh, brands and consumers are, are wanting evidence of uh, of this. So it's, it's great to have something like this, some rural meat on the bones. Um, so the framework lists 21 priorities across four themes, caring for our sheep, enhancing the environment and climate, looking after our people, customers and community, and ensuring a financially resilient industry. So look, there's a, there's a lot of generalities. There's a, there's a lot of sort of, I suppose there has to be motherhood statements in these things. But when you say there are metrics around this, how can you give us an example of some of the, the yeah. on-farm measurements that, that show this? Yes, yes. So, so we, we've got um, metrics across all the, the, the four areas. Um, but obviously, one of the things that, that uh, people are interested in is the amount of mulesing that's going on in the industry. So we'll be tracking uh, the level of mulesing and the amount of mules wool available on the market, the amount of pain relief being used around animal welfare, obviously, um, carbon output uh, in terms of CO2 gases is a very important thing in terms of greenhouse um, gases so we'll be tracking um, those sort of things we're also tracking things like the um, uh, rate that we pay people on farm the federal award rate versus the um, minimum wage um, to give some idea uh, of of what happens in in agriculture so there's a whole range of of um, specific data points that we'll be tracking of course um, how do we choose those? Why have we got 60? Why didn't we have 5,000? Or why didn't we just have five so that it was nice and simple? And that's been the real challenge for the, the industry, uh, for the steering group um, to come up with enough that it services everyone, but not too many so that it doesn't just, um, you know, people get lost in the numbers. And interestingly, um, 
there was a, a program last night by um, uh, Norman Swan on um, uh, some of your um, listeners would no doubt have seen it on superbugs and microbial drug resistance, which uh, claimed on the program, and I've got no reason to dispute the claim that it was potentially a bigger threat to humanity than, than um, global warming. Um, and uh, interestingly, our framework is silent on this and you'd think, well, we should have had something on, on antimicrobial use. It just happens that the sheep industry compared with all other uh, animal industry uses very little antibiotics. And so we considered it, but it, it wasn't a real issue for the industry. But ironically, uh, people want to know um, that we're not using it. And that's very hard to actually get a metric around. So that's something that might change over time. Um, but you, the vision that they showed last night, they showed the chicken and the pigs and the, the, the dairy cows, but they didn't show any sheep for very good reasons. I don't want to be um, antagonistic to our other industries there, but it, it really is um, one of those dilemmas as to exactly what metrics, but there was extensive consultation on, on the important things and then we've tried to get metrics. It's interesting you mention um, those different metrics and of course they are important to measure, but is there a danger that we are accentuating the negatives, not um, uh, highlighting the positives? Yes, that's absolutely a danger. Um, I guess the, a couple of words that we, we, we've been banding around a lot are trust and transparency. And when you want to develop trust and transparency uh, and have transparency, uh, you do expose yourself. And that has been a criticism, particularly from some uh, a couple in the, the sheep farming organisations that we've been consulting with saying, why raise that issue? It, it might um, come back to bite us. But our view is that, that consumers are very uh, up to date with what's happening. Uh, they identify the issues. If we're silent on things that might be important, uh, then we're running a risk in any case. So I, th I think there's, there's two edges to that. It's hard to know which is the best way to go. But the, in terms of the framework, our absolute guarantee is that we will put things up. Uh, the data we put up will make sure is robust. So we haven't reported every data point. We're not just going to pull a bit of data out because we think it might be right. We've got to get very strong data uh, points. And it's a warts and all framework. So we've identified things there that some people in the industry would prefer us perhaps not to report on, um, but it's what our customers want to know. So we've got to be uh, and I'm sure the industry is mature enough to say these are the things that are important and, and we will be judged on that. I, I don't want to make the framework bigger than it is. It is really a reporting mechanism so that people can monitor what we're doing in these areas, see what is important in the industry and make their own judgments about it. Uh, as soon as you mention government, people think about legislation and those sorts of things. And that's not the aim of this framework. In my view, and people say, oh, as soon as you produce these figures, we're going to have more regulation. In my view, regulation is coming whether we like it or not. Um, and I am sure that in 2030, there will be more regulation than there is now. Nothing to do with the framework. What the framework will allow is better discussion around how we're already performing so that there's not knee-jerk reactions uh, when somebody identifies an issue that they think might be a, something that should be regulated. So you're keen for this not to be something that sits on a shelf and gathers dust. You're keen for, you're keen for farmers to, to understand and know its uh, significance and its role. Um, how do you hope that rank and file, garden type, normal farmers get involved with this? 
Yeah, look, look, that that's our that's our biggest challenge, and I hope they do get involved with it. Um, specifically, they don't have to be involved with it because it's reporting their activities, not requiring them to change any of their activities. But inevitably, people who get involved with this framework will have a look and say, those things are important to our customers. They're important within our industry. What am I doing in my business around those priorities that we've identified? And is there any action I need to take? Now, for many of your listeners, I'll be very confident there's little or no action that they'll need to specifically take in their business. But like most things, it will act as a checklist for them to say, am I on the mark in terms of sustainability in my business? Um, but the, the framework is deliberately aimed not to impact on producers. And very importantly, and you touched on it before, that producers are already developing their own relationships with their, uh, their own customers um, who they're supplying in terms of um, their sustainability credentials. And there's a lot of branded um, programs now. I belong to, I think, six as a producer, um, where we say we're doing various things on sustainability. This framework in no way will impact on that. We're in fact trying to record that in the framework at how much engagement there is in these sorts of activities by producers. But that day-to-day um, -day activity by producers will be ongoing by them and it will be up to them to develop and foster those relationships. So uh, I guess the other thing is most people in the sheep industry, I'm sure I'm not alone in this, love talking when we go down to the city to our city cousins or, or um, uh, distant relatives that, that about at what a great job we're doing. It'll just give us a few facts and figures and be able to point people um, that we want to engage in our industry to something that they'll be able to say, well, that's actually what we're doing. And obviously, uh, wool producers and sheep producers are, are their point of contact for... Uh, for having input or, or otherwise to uh, to the framework as well into the future, I assume. Yeah, ab absolutely. Um, it's it's in inverted commas owned by by um, sheep producers and wool producers, um, and they have overseen the the development of it. So any feedback at all, uh, MLA and, and AWI have supported it um, to allow us to to get the expert working groups up and to run the. Uh, steering group so uh, there's been strong industry support and as a sheep producer that's been really pleasing to me because uh, seeing that the two peak bodies work together is uh, is an absolute joy. <laughs> More power to their arm hey. Um, all right well um, Professor Allworth thank you very much for uh, for joining us you're, uh, you're a busy man but very much appreciate your time on the yarn today thank you. Thanks Marius. Professor Bruce Allworth there, Chair of the Sheep Sustainability Framework Steering Committee, Vet, Ruminant Nutrition Lecturer and Sheep and Wool Producer from Holbrook. What a combination. So naturally you can see the framework online and contribute to it as it is reviewed every couple of years with Wool Producers Australia and Sheep Producers Australia was central to its development and its evolution. So I hope you enjoyed what Professor Allworth had to say there. Feedback and ideas for this podcast, always welcome via email at theyarnatwool.com. Please follow us at Wool Innovation through Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram. But for now, from me, Marius Cumming, thanks for having a yarn with us. Mm -hmm.